0: everybody, and welcome to the Carry On cast. This is the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church, and I am so glad you're here. I am Pastor Megan Torgerson, and I am here with a special podcast guest today. Lindsay, why don't you introduce yourself? Hello.
1: I'm Pastor Lindsay Vina. I am a local area pastor.
0: Oh, one of those. I'm a neighbor. Who, how are you, what? our neighbor? Who are you?
1: <laughs> I serve as a pastor at uh, Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church down in Apple Valley, and uh, I actually live right around the corner from here too. So I am your neighbor in two different ways. So
0: very much our neighbor. Good to have our neighbors with us. And Lindsay, thanks for joining us today. It is
1: my pleasure.
0: Yes, folks, I, I'm just I'm awfully lonely here in the Easter offices. You'll remember Pastor Brandon is on sabbat- sabbatical, and Pastor Steve's on vacation. So uh, this was my opportunity to get. Uh, Another lady pastor on the oh, podcast. We love with the lady me. pastors. <laughs> <laughs> trouble in the house. I know. I promise <laughs> we'll try to rein it in a little bit. And fortunately, or unfortunately for the trouble that we may have otherwise caused, um, we are still working on our sermon series, uh, Renewing Worship. And Lindsay, this is all new to you. Mm-hmm. So, folks, just more. remember more. that Lindsay is dropping in on us here. Uh, folks, we are going through a sermon series this summer where we're talking about elements of worship. We're talking about what we do in worship and why, what it means for us as people of faith, how these things renew us and how we might renew them as we continue to engage in them in meaningful ways in worship, especially as our worship lives are are, uh, are being renewed and and changing and and being changed as we're kind of coming to this Mm -hmm. end stage pandemic life, something I suspect you're talking about in your context as well.
1: Absolutely. You know, as we are regathering in our house of worship, we are given the opportunity to think about why we do things, how we do things, and I am so grateful that you are creating space to reflect and to think about each piece of worship in an intentional way, because each piece is a intentionally there. Um, so I'm excited to talk about them with you today.
0: Well, right. And I think we uh, are always kind of falling into that trap of thinking about what we do in worship sort of, first of all, is just one big thing, right? Mm-hmm. Worship is one monolithic thing. Item. And then we kind of get in, we get in our ruts, we get in our habits, and not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's always nice to be able to pull back a little bit and say, well, wh- why are we doing this? What is this about? What is this for? Which, of course, brings us to this week's topic, which is um, offering money, money, money. money right. Money. So, and people, <laughs> I think, have, oh, I mean, I don't, folks, I don't want to, um, paint you into a corner or anything but I know a lot of us have a lot of hangups around money especially when it's money and church there are so many uh oh, stereotypes and misunderstandings and things that church has done to itself when it comes to problems around money so I, I realize that this is a complex situation all over the place and and I kind of like talking about money and faith it's something that for me is a source of of energy and joy, really, because it's an opportunity to talk about what's most important and why. Absolutely. And
1: uh, what we do in church is a little countercultural, right? It pushes back against the messages we receive from the rest of the world about um, why we have what we have, what we are to do with what we have. And uh, I think today gives us an opportunity to think about that. So
0: well, Right. And so let's, let's get into it. Let's talk about the text for today or this this week. We're reading from Matthew 6. So if you like to read along, go ahead and open up to Matthew's Gospel, Chapter 6. And we're going to read verses 19 through 21 and then 24 through 34. And folks, some of these things are going to sound very familiar to you. So don't check out engage it listen listen to these words because I think they're really worth it. Lindsay would you read the text for us? I would love to read the text for us. Thank today. you here we
1: go starting with with verse 19Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. No one can serve two masters. For a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow, is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things. And indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well so do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring worries of its own today's trouble is enough for today
0: Ooh, Ooh. Um, you know some of those verses i think are ones that we try to make so accessible that we make them almost meaningless you know they mm-hmm. kind of turn into uh, no offense to the cross-stitchers out there, cross-stitch patterns and, <laughs> and throw pillow designs. And it's because I think these are so hard to get our head around in a real and meaningful way that we want to make it kind of a, um, oh, consider the lilies of the field. Well, what does that even mean? Like, what, yeah. How am I supposed to live that out? Well, and, and and the context here, I think, is worth something. This is Jesus. This is the Sermon on the Mount. This is Jesus saying basically, how do we live faith? How do we do this stuff. How do we be community? And so th- this comes in the context of all of these teachings about about how to pray and how to fast and and how to how to give. Even earlier in chapter six, you know, here's how to give, um, financially as it is. Um, so it's all these instructions for how to do life together. And in this passage, it's in particular how do we do life together as believers who put God first in our lives when it comes to money, when it comes to possessions, when it comes to uh, outward signs of wealth and um, success and status. Um, And Lindsay, before we started the podcast, you were talking about, well, gosh, isn't this just kind of a first article of the creed sort of situation? (laughs) Well, you know, we
1: we seminary nerds. uh, Ordained pastors, sometimes uh, we, we uh, get, you know, we, we are reading something and we're reminded, oh, didn't Luther say something about that?
0: Luther said something about a lot of things, he let's said be honest. a lot
1: about a lot of things. <laughs> so um, when I have that little light bulb moment of did Luther say something about that, I like to go back to the small catechism because mm. that is a good tool for us. And did you know, Easter
0: people that the small catechism is actually in our hymnal. What? What? I, that big red book that we see in the sanctuary that has both hymn numbers and page numbers, and we can never remember which is which. That book? That book uh, is in the back. I
1: know. I'm flipping my pages yeah, it's, right now. You it's audio. You can't it. see
0: friends. Nah, she's, she's just hoisting Sorry. up a hymnal and showing Podcast. you the back of it. It's great, though. It's good.
1: So in the small catechism, Martin Luther is trying to teach people about the core elements of our faith, and he takes parts of our, um, you know, the creed, the, the Ten Commandments and the Lord's Prayer, breaks them down and says, what does this mean? Asking that question, what does this mean? And so in the creed, Martin Luther reflects on what it means to say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And... What this means when we say the creed, and Luther says this, I'm going to read straight from the small catechism. These are Martin Luther's words, not mine. Page 1162
0: in the back of the hymnal. There we go. There you go. Yeah, if you don't believe me, you can check (laughs) it out for yourself.
1: (laughs) Luther writes I believe that God has created me together with all that exists. God has given me and still preserves my body and soul, eyes, ears, and all limbs and senses, reason, and all mental faculties. Are you still with me? I'm following. All right. In addition, God daily and abundantly provides shoes and clothing, food and drink, house and farm, spouse and children, fields, livestock, and all property, along with all the necessities and nourishment for this body and life. God protects me against all danger and shields and preserves me from all evil. And all this is done out of pure fatherly and divine goodness and mercy without any merit or worthiness of mine at all. Exclamation point. (laughs) For all this, I owe it to God to thank and praise, serve and obey him. This is most certainly true.
0: This is most certainly true. If you've ever wondered where that little... Lutheran pincushion moment comes from, it comes from the small catechism.
1: It sure does. And I think what, what Luther is highlighting here is the belief that all things come from God, our creator. All things. God created the world and all that exists. And so, thus, everything we have actually came from God.
0: It is God's first. God's possessive. God's apostrophe S. God's possessive thing
1: First. right and so what
0: does that mean Megan well if everything came first from God mm-hmm. and everything belongs first from God then I have been entrusted mm-hmm. with all of these wonderful things all that list that you just read I mean everything from choosing clothes to spouse and kids to food and water and what I need to survive God has given it to me to use well to share abundantly to be responsible with, and I think also to be um, full of worship in the way I use it, which brings us, I think, to what we'll talk about in church on Sunday, which is why do we take offering Mm -hmm. in the middle of worship? Why do we take money, something that we're so often, you know, kind of rolling our eyes about or feeling anxious about or stressed about or like there's so many mixed messages about why are we literally taking our money in the middle of worship and saying, I'm going to take this thing that is so – worldly, right? And I'm going to put it in an offering plate and make it an act of worship. Well, because in that act, we are claiming that even money is a gift from God. And because God has entrusted it to us, we are to use it well to the glory of God and for the good of our neighbor, right? If we believe that God has given us everything, and God has, then it is through us that God's work gets done. And that goes down all the way down to Money. I mean, Easter people, you know what a big priority it is for us here to make sure we're taking care of our neighbor when it comes to things like food and youth and housing and equity. And I mean, all of these things that we have named as our global mission partners are so important to who we are because we believe that God has given us what we've got, not just so we can feel good about ourselves, but so that we can use it, so that we can do God's work in this world. And one of the ways that happens is by you sharing your offerings with this congregation so that the mission of God in this place can continue to be done. I mean, that's, man, it's a huge act of faith, right, to take even your money and say, no, I know that God has given me what I have, and I know God will always give me what I need, and so I'm going to return this to God.
1: There's a great deal of trust Mm. that is, that, that exists within our practice of offering. Um, I also think if we take just a couple steps back, I think that, uh, I, I have this feeling (laughs) of, um, I like control over things. I don't know if you know this. I'm a little bit of a control freak. I like you anyway. It's all right. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad. Um, (laughs) and I think there's something in our culture that says that, uh, you know, we, um, we work hard. Mm Mm-hmm. And we get
0: what we deserve, mm-hmm.
1: and we work hard for our money. Yes, right. Uh, and thus, is it, it? It must be mine,
0: right? Right. Uh, you, well, and you gave it away, right? We work hard right. for our money.
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh, it is really hard to uh, shift our mindset around that. Yeah. That what we have is um, not necessarily ours right. for uh, our own sort of building up of our own self. uh, And that isn't to say that God wants us to be frivolous. Right, right. right.
0: I think a misreading of these verses where Jesus is talking about the lilies and the birds, I think a misreading is to say, well, if birds and lilies can get along without preparing for anything, then we're supposed to get rid of everything and just go through life and hope for the best. no, no, we are charged to care well for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, what the point is, is that if even birds can find food and even lilies can be beautiful, then God obviously cares for all things and continues to provide for all things. And so you can trust that God will continue to provide for you even when mm-hmm. you share of what you have, even when you share of the, the money and the gifts and the time and the abilities that you have there's still going to be enough there's always going to be enough
1: right and I think it helps to to remind ourselves that uh God's vision for the world mm. is that of abundant life yes of vibrancy of fullness of life God does not desire for you to give away everything you have so that you yourself are you know destitute or homeless I that's not dependent
0: and lost and... Right. Yep. yep absolutely but it God does
1: encourage us through scripture to think about our resources with a mentality of abundance versus scarcity. Right. And trusting that when we give, when we give in response to the abundance that we have received from God, God will use that. God will use that and bless other people, bless other ministries. And we get to be a part of that, that process. Uh, And that Letting go mm. of that sense of control yes. over, I earn what I get, yes. I'm going to determine what I use this for. This is
0: mine and you can't tell me what to do with it. Right. Yeah.
1: If if we actually, if we unclench our mm. fists mm-hmm. from what we have and say, God, do something with this. I, it's amazing what God will do. Yeah. I mean, think of the stories of what comes out of generous giving. Yeah. You know, I think about our community partnerships with uh, folks who are food insecure, right right? When we do a, a drive for uh, resources, oftentimes we collect far more than we originally anticipated. right That is a sign of God's abundance, yes, right of yes. what happens when we unclench our fists and we say, God, what will you do with this? right? Multiply right. it.
0: And And I know that for so many of us, and I'll even put myself in that category, there's this great sense of uh, shame around money and giving to the church mm. i'm probably not giving enough i'm probably not faithful enough i i don't know how to do this better should i be doing this better there's that kind of sense of like so the offering plate comes around you and your heart kind of oh goes up in your throat and am mm. i i have a i have two ones and i have a 20 which one am i supposed to put in well i don't oh, i don't know oh, are people going to look at me um folks i, I I just really want to lift, if that's the burden you carry, I really want to lift that from you Um, because giving is a joyful Mm -hmm. act. It's about saying faithfully, I know that God cares for me. I know that I have what I need. I I get to share. Mm -hmm. It is a joy to be able to share. And so I think when we start pulling that shame off, and, and and I know too that as church we have sometimes been, the agents of that shame, oh, show how much you love Jesus oh, by yes. putting an extra zero on the end of that check. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not transactional. It's not like that. This is all about your faith and putting it in action and saying the way that I spend my time, the way that I spend my money, the way that I use my talent, the way that I use my resources is a reflection of my faith. This is me being joyful about what God has given me and and freely giving it back to the God who loves me just as freely.
1: Absolutely. Giving it to God and giving it to neighbor, Mm, right? Yeah. And I I love that you just mentioned the other resources and gifts that come from God, right? right? Money is but one of them. Yes. Our our lives are a gift from God. Our talents are a gift from God. Um, Our resources, all of them are. Mm. And so there have been periods of time in my life where – Finances were not a great part of my right. giftedness. Yeah, I've uh,
0: been there. Raising my hand uh, yeah, in yep, the podcast. Yeah, yep. yep, been there uh, we, too. We
1: both went to graduate school. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it, these these are uh, realities of yeah. our life. There are times when um, the abundance of God is not necessarily made known through finances exactly. in our individual lives. Exactly. That uh, does not mean that we have nothing to give. Right. Uh, That may mean that my contribution looks like time. Right. It may look like, uh, you know, the sharing of a skill that I have. Uh, And that is a way that I can joyfully participate in the ministry of the church uh, and gifting our resources back to neighbor. Yeah. Um, I think that the challenge is that uh, we sometimes like to pick and choose in ways that just just feel good and i think that what's imbued and part of this is that sometimes giving is hard right um and just because it's hard doesn't mean it isn't good right right, right. Uh, so it's a both and right giving and giving giving back to neighbor giving to god uh, is a joyful act and and we can be challenged in it too to say to constantly reflect on am i what does it look like for me today uh should i be giving more can i be stretching myself in a different way uh so that uh that god's work can be known in the world
0: yes well and and it's kind of what we've been talking about a little bit in this this series throughout the summer as well is that it's easy for worship itself to kind of fall into the trap of saying um this is for feeling good i want to come to worship and feel better and be cheered up and filled up and sometimes that's true but sometimes worship is there to hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. Sometimes worship is there to challenge you. Sometimes worship is there to, to help you grow and to learn. And sometimes you might come out of worship feeling a little uncomfortable or, or or not quite as perky and cheery as you might. And I'm not saying make sure your giving makes you suffer, but I'm saying that keep in mind that all of these things we do as acts of faith, uh, prayer and scripture study and worship and giving and and being in community service there is joy in them, and like you're saying, Lindsay, there's also that that call to stretch a little, to grow a little, to be a little bit uncomfortable as you're seeing where it is that God is calling you next in the work that you're doing as a person of faith.
1: Absolutely, we are called to do fully life mm. together. Yeah, and that means the good stuff, the the joyful stuff, and the hard stuff. That doing life together means bringing all of who you are, mm. and that is the the happy selves the sad self, um, the parts of us that maybe we have a hard time naming. Um, Because when we gather together in worship, right, we get to tell the truth of who we are and who God is and who God made us to be. And what a gift to do
0: that. That's – and, oh, my gosh, that's just – that's the place to end this because this is really what it is – for being a person of faith, it's about bringing our whole selves into worship and into relationship and to giving fully to God just as God has given fully to us. It is a joy, friends, to do that work with you here at Easter Lutheran Church where our mission is to grow in faith and carry on the work of Jesus Christ. May the Lord Oh.